Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I have the one and only Ted Furman on the episode with me. Ted is best known as a, as a footballer for Ballymun Kickhams. However, Ted is here for a very different reason today. Ted has been through a lot of different struggles in his life. He has been discriminated against in the past. He's had a lot of uh, racism issues or issues with racism through his football. And and not only that, but he's a lot of uh, other deep-seated issues that he had been struggling with for a long period of time. This is a man who's been in the pits, but has come out the other side of it and is now helping many others do the same. So, Ted, I'm absolutely delighted to have you in the podcast. Welcome on. Cheers, Gavin. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, also, slightly nervous, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, all good, man. As I said, uh, your your story is going to inspire many people at the moment who are perhaps in a position as to where you were several years ago, and uh, and perhaps not even that long ago. So, uh, so can you take us back to to where it all began for you, the the, the struggle? Yeah, no, and I appreciate that introduction as well also, but um, I think when it comes to mental health, um, the important thing is is to open up the conversation and try and normalise the conversation, and, and this is what I'm trying to do. So by sharing my story, hopefully it can resonate with someone and you can see that they're not alone in it and uh, there is help available for people if, if needs be. So, uh, But for me, it kind of starts... Like if you're going to delve deep into it, it starts uh, with a lot of my issues from when I was a kid, unfortunately. And um, my my father left when I was I was two years of age, and um, so since then he he's been in and out of my life for the last. Well, I'm I'm 32 tomorrow, so uh, he's been in and out of my life for 30 years, but 28 years, and I I had to make a conscious decision that enough was enough, unfortunately, because. I, I had a lot of abandonment issues that I never dealt with o- over the years and and because he was in and out of my life and he kept constantly letting me down or there was a lot of stuff that I, I could go into and that we could be here all day on that like but unfortunately he, he my mental health kind of stayed like without dealing with it, without understanding it and I've, I've only really understood it now in the last couple of months unfortunately when, when everything was too late and so I would have had a lot of abandonment issues and, and I would have sacked, I would have damaged a lot of relationships because of that, because you're craving something that unfortunately no one can give you and it's a parent's love and stuff. And like I have to say, my mother was absolutely fantastic and um, she done both jobs as a, as a single parent for, for many years. And uh, I have a lot of respect for her for that. Like, but, uh, so that, yeah, that kind of, brought brought uh, a lot of issues in through childhood like but especially with anger and stuff and not understanding and stuff what was going on and so then I would have been in their relationships over over the years as many people do and then I was with I had a previous partner there for about five years and, and we had a child together 
and we broke up now two years ago. So the start of 2019, we broke up. And so that was that was a lot. So that was a lot to deal with. I, I didn't really deal with it properly. I think as most people do, you go out and, and you you act the bollocks and you're out, sorry, of course, and you're out all, uh, all weekend, you're out partying and stuff like that. And, and a lot of things became affected then. Like, so you're not getting enough sleep. You're not, and I wasn't processing. I didn't process it properly. Um. So then I, I, my whole life changed. I had to move home. So I was back, back in my parents' house. Um. So my house was, was fairly full. Like my mom has three other kids. Her, her husband's there, she's a dog. And then me and my son then were, were joining the party then whenever I had him. So um, so that was a lot to take in. And I I couldn't grasp that. So I was, again, as I said, going out, messing. Um, and then my mental health. So I was acting, I was really depressed in myself because I, I couldn't understand what was going on. And then the relationships at home then started to, to deteriorate. So my mom um, suffers with her own health, not mental health, but her own health. And um, so with the other pressure of me back being back there, and don't forget, like I, I'm a, a character that is not afraid to speak up. And um, me and my mom have clashed a couple of times over it. But her, me and her husband had clashed as well. But again, like I, I'm coming back into the house after being out for about 10, 12 years, like. So it was a lot to take, and obviously I didn't really respect it because I was like coming and going. I was I was always in work or I was going out, and I, again, as most people do when you go back to their parents' house, you, you kind of laze about and you throw your your dishes around or, or whatever. Um, but like me and him kind and stuff, and and I was taking his toll on my mom, and my mom's health started to deteriorate. And so this is obviously in. February, the end of January, started February, me and my partner broke up. I was back in my mom's house for about two months. And in that time, there was just numerous arguments. And it, then it was becoming uh, difficult for them too, because obviously she's trying to pick up for me, but she's trying to pick up for, for him as well. So um, eventually I, I, I made a conscious decision that I was like, look, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't live here. And I, I had nowhere to go. Um, so I decided as a look, I, I have to do what I have to do. My mom's health was more important than, than anything else. So um, I decided, look, I'll, I'll go and I'll sleep on my car. And I'll do what I have to do to make do. And so for about three or four months, I was obviously sleeping in, in my car, I was sleeping on friends' couches. And what, but while still putting on the act that everything was perfect, I was still, still going out. I was still working. I was still playing football. But I think deep inside, I, I was I was screaming. I was really, really um, depressed, and and unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't understand it, and I did I didn't how didn't know how to deal with it, um, and I think a lot of the times I was embarrassed by it, and when I when I say embarrassed, I was embarrassed to say I was struggling, I was embarrassed to say I, I'm really depressed here or I need help, and. So that continued, and, and as I said, as I said, I've done uh, interviews before and such, and I mentioned there was one particular night when I was up in the Phoenix Park, and I, I literally, I'd finished work, I finished work at five o'clock, and I went straight up to the Phoenix Park after that. I had no training around that evening. So I went straight up to the Phoenix Park, and I was just sitting there, and I, as you do, you're, I went, got food, drove around, got food somewhere, and went back, and I was eating in the car. Like, and, like it wasn't, I wasn't a life. I wasn't a life, so, and... I remember falling asleep, just putting the chair back, falling asleep. And I woke up 
as 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 anyone can imagine, at three o'clock in the morning, in the middle of Phoenix Park, it, it's pretty dark. Like there's not many lights around. So, um, and I just got this notion in my head. I was like, I- I'm done here. I can't do this anymore. Um, I I wanted everyone. I was like, everyone would be better off without me. I I'd be better off just getting out of here. And um, I turned on the ignition of the car, and, and I was like. No, I'm just going to go drive straight into the wall. I just want to finish. I want to end it all. And for some reason, and I still to this day, I have no idea why it happened, but my phone was on, on, on beside me in the centre console and uh, it lit up and there was no notification around, but, and I didn't touch it or anything like that. But for some reason, my phone lit up and on it was a picture of my son. And that's what stopped me that evening. And I broke down, cried for about I'd say a good hour, and went back to sleep. And the next morning, acted as if nothing had happened, and went and drove straight back into work. That that weekend, I'm pretty sure I probably went out as well. And so that was a lot. So I didn't. I I had them thoughts back. In, that was in June or July. Like I I had these thoughts, and never spoke to anyone. Never said anything. I was going training. I had gone into work with a smile on my face, pretending everything was all right. When when it, I, it wasn't, like I, I was in, I was in a cry for help, and and then I ended up playing a match a couple of weeks later. And I just I knew before going out to the game, I was like, I, I shouldn't play this game. There's something not right here. My 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 own mind wasn't right, and something happened in the game. I, I was racially abused from the sideline, and. It's something that I, I became accustomed to over the years was being racially abused. Like again, you're you're a, a mixed race person from from Ballymun. Growing up in the early nineties, there, there wasn't that many people around like that. So, and I, I think a lot of people, it's not on the people that racially abuse it; it's on how they're brought up. But it's something that they're not used to. But during this game, anyway, like I, I've been abused many times during the games, and you're able to laugh it off, or, or you have it react and, and stuff like that. But uh, for some reason, this particular evening, um, I ended up just going off the pitch. So it was a supporter that uh, abused me. I wasn't even a player or an opponent or a sober or anything like that. It was it was a, a supporter. So I I remember a clear as day. I ran over and I was like, "What you say, whatever," and, and it turned into. A fight, and I, not, I end up just throwing a couple of digs, and and then a lot of people got involved, and and unfortunately, I went, I done it again, like it all in the space of about five minutes. It was, it was pretty serious, like, and it wasn't me. I remember coming off afterwards, and I was like, "What you have to do?" And like, and I remember being called in front of the county board, and I was given a, a suspension, an eight week suspension, which was probably the worst thing that could have happened to me. Yeah, because. Yeah. I, I was banned from all activities and, and in that sense because we, I couldn't play I was able to train but I wasn't training I was I was I knew I was suspended so I just that I went off the rails then like for that eight weeks I I was going out I was partying and you were you were out for two and three days like as people like as lads do like you know what I mean it's not something that I'm proud of and it's not something that I shy away from look it, you have to do what you have to do to cope with, with stuff and uh, was it right Absolutely not. Um, but look, it is what it is, and you you can't change the person that I that I am for it. But mm-hmm. so then that brings me into September. Sunday, my suspension was up. I, I went back playing, but I wasn't right. My mind wasn't right, and my football became affected. My job was affected. I, I was turning late most days to work, and I always say, how I still have a job, but I've I've no idea. Like my job 
in front of them, they were absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, was this September? They, they really what, helped. What, what year was this then? What year are you now? September? Uh, this was September 20, 20, 2020. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, last year. Just last year? Uh, no, sorry, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't. It was September 2019. 2019. So this is all 2019. Yeah. Um, so September 2019, back playing football, uh, whatever. And then I ended up just, I was like, look, I can't play football anymore. So I stepped away from it. But I eventually got, I got an apartment as well. So I ended up finding somewhere to live, renting it out. And that, again, that was probably another bad decision on my part. It, maybe it was something that I thought I needed at that time, but... In front, it turned out to be the worst decision that I made because I became more, because I had my own space, I became more reclusive. I wasn't going out then. Mm-hmm. So I became more depressed and I wasn't leaving. I, then I had health issues. I was there, I worked then for another eight weeks. So I wasn't getting paid for that. And so during that time, I had a lot of time by myself and I just, I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was just doing things to cope wasn't speaking to anyone that wasn't going out. I, I'd have to tell you on, but I couldn't tell you what I was watching, you know? And then in October, then I ended up meeting my now partner. Uh, I met her in October and how she stuck around. I still have no idea. Like she met me probably at, at the my worst possible moment, but she, she stuck around. She, um, and yeah, but for the first couple of months, yeah, they were great, but we, we have rows like, like as, as any couple do, but these were just next level. Like they were, they were, they weren't right. And uh, I think a lot of the times it was, it was my fault. Like I, it was on me. And I, I know looking back on it now, I couldn't understand why we were always fighting. But it, it was my mistakes. I, I was, I wasn't ready for it. But in fairness, we stuck it out. We got through Christmas and stuff. And then coming into January then of 2020, uh, I, I, I kind of felt good. There was I'd, I'd had a good couple of weeks over Christmas and enjoying it and spending with family and stuff. And now I still, I never really had the thoughts of, of suicide or never had the thoughts of hurting myself. So throughout January, that was fine. I went back playing football and then all of a sudden there was talk of, of COVID coming in, all of that. There was, the matches weren't being played. And then into February, then it was, things just started taking a, a, toll, a turn for, for me personally, like, and I, I can't pinpoint it, but a lot of things started coming up. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of outside factors that I was only that were were coming on with people like obviously calling, texting friends. I, I and I couldn't cope with it. And still, I still hadn't spoken to someone. Still hadn't told anyone what was going on. So I was dealing with all this stuff and dealing with it internally and making and making it worse in my own mind because. And because I couldn't tell anyone, or I felt that I couldn't tell anyone what was going on, I was trying to deal with all this stuff myself, and it was just putting weighing me down, down more. Like so, then on the twenty seventh of February, um, I decided to attempt suicide, and you know, I, as I said, I I took pills, I was drinking, and I wrote you know everything. I I was clear in my mind that this is what I wanted to do and that I was leaving behind everyone like I was leaving my family my son everything my partner and I I I, I didn't care in that moment in time I didn't care about it I didn't care about myself I, I felt I was being a bore I was being a burden on everyone else 
And so I was, I'm thankful now to this day that I was unsuccessful. My partner, again, she was there. She supported me. We were in the hospital. And from that day on, my life changed. Like um, my mom was on the PA house that evening and I was in with them in two days later. And with PA House, they were absolutely fantastic. In that moment of time, they were what I needed. And to understand my feelings towards it, to understand why I thought, why I thought. And they helped me an awful lot through the initial weeks afterwards. And any issues that I had afterwards, I, had, I obviously had to open up to people. I had to open up to my mom and my partner and a friend and, and told them what was going on. Everything. I just laid it all out, told them everything that was going on. And I was able, we were able to process it. We were able to understand it and we were able to cope with that. And we were able to sort it out. Mm -hmm. So coming to April then, um, I ended up getting, I, I was put in contact with another counselor, Craig Barry, his name is, and he was absolutely brilliant, fantastic. And what he done was we, he delved right into everything. There was no, like, don't get me wrong, PA is fantastic, but they don't deal with, your internal issues, your your childhoods, your traumas. And with him, I was with him for about eight or nine weeks. And I there was a couple of sessions where I'd bawl my eyes out on it. And and look, that's that's what I had to do. That's that's for me to process, to understand and to move forward. That's what I needed to do. And and one best piece of advice that I was given initially after everything was you're at rock bottom. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, you're at right rock bottom, but Look at look at it this way. You're at rock bottom now. The only place you can go from there is up. There's nowhere else you can go. And I, I've taken that piece of advice since that day and I've used it forward and I, I've said it to people because it was something that I, I've been able to do. I've been able to put, start putting the layers in, build them, putting building blocks in and taking a step by step. And my initial step was obviously speaking and opening up and telling people what, I, what was going on and just try and get them to understand why I done what I done or attempted what I done. Mm -hmm. And so with, with Craig, he, he was great. We, we delved right into all my childhood, dealing with stuff with my dad, like my family, everything. And so that was great. I was working on myself. I was doing, I was doing well. And then I, when that finished, I, I met a new counselor then, Yvonne Colgan, her name is, and I, I'm still with her to this day. And again, she, fantastic she normalized the conversation with me. So when, when I go into her, she makes you feel at ease where I just have a conversation with her. Yeah. And the one thing that I've learned to do over the last year is, is accept it. Accept that I was in a bad place. Accept that opening up to people is not bad and showing, being vulnerable to people is, is what it is all about. And, and that's where, when it comes to males, and particularly me, I, I was embarrassed. Like I had this mentality, like, Oh, you're you're just football or you're you're you you work. You can't you can't have have issues. So I'd go I'd go training and I, and I'd have a shower after training and I'd go and sleep in my car, and the lads didn't know, or I'd go and stay in a friend's couch or or I was doing whatever I had to do to survive. Whereas if I had just said to people, look, I'm really struggling here and I need help, and there was people that kind of knew close to me that one or two that would let me stay in the couch. And, and look, I I'll never forget them, but. At the same time, they, I wasn't willing to accept the help. I wasn't willing to under, to open up and say, mm -hmm. this is what's going on. Yeah. And yeah. 
so so now like obviously um the 22nd of april 2021 i am over a year since that attempt and i am glad to say that i am doing 10 times better um with the council with opening up again like i i set up a support group in november the second of november for for people struggling with the mental health because i don't want people to find like i'm i was very fortunate i'm very fortunate that i i close friends and family I'm really close friends that I didn't expect. And, and there's people that don't have that. And, and look, you, you're going to lose people along the way. Mm-hmm. And for me, I did. I had, I lost a lot of people that I thought were friends. And unfortunately, it, they weren't. And look, that's life. And it, it's all well and good when you're when you're able to go out and you're going party and you ring people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go where someone rings you. But when when the shit hits the fan and you're, you're in your your darkest days, that's when you find out who your true friends are. And sometimes you have to find out the hard way who they are. But I, I again, as I said, I, I was very fortunate that I have a, lot, a few people, and you can count them on one hand, that really stood up for me. Yeah. And really helped me, really supported me. And supported me in, in ways that I could I could never have imagined or never have envisioned. Yeah. And again, for me, lockdown was was great. And I know, look, look a lot of people are struggling now because of it. But for me, it came at a perfect, perfect time. It was a perfect opportunity for me. Why? Because it gave me the opportunity to reset, reevaluate everything that was going on in my life, to re- reevaluate what I was doing with my life, mm-hmm. what direction did I want to take. And so that was alone, was, was uh, re-energizing. Yeah. So throughout last year, again, I worked on myself and don't get me wrong. I have, I have bad days. I'm, I'm not sitting here and saying I'm, I'm perfect. I'm fixed. I, I don't have them thoughts anymore. I have bad days just as well as everyone. But now what I have in place is I have the coping mechanisms in place to help me understand it. And I understand that a lot more, but I understand what triggers me and I understand how to cope with that now. Yeah. So wait, if it's going for a run where it's making a phone call to someone, and telling someone I'm having a bad day today, and that's what I do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And as I said, like come. So after the first lockdown, obviously everyone enjoyed the first lockdown. It was during the summer. You were out. You were all having a barbecues. You were all having a drinks, and we were all having friends over. And then as we came into the autumn and the, and the winter, things started taking a turn. Um, the darker nights are coming in. The colder evenings. You weren't able to get out for your walks and stuff. So I, I was having conversations with friends and such, and we, we were talking about the support that people have or the lack of support that people have. And I, I, like this, I'd say within a week, this all came about. Mm-hmm. And um, it, within the space of one week, I had heard of five or six suicide attempts with two or three of them being successful. And it was all about the lack of support that they had or the lack of structure that they had. So what I wanted to do was to give back. Now, people might say I w- it was too soon for me, eight, eight months after my own attempt. But at the same time, I felt I was able to give back. I felt by me opening up my story to people, it, w- it would help others. And, and I would try and change the mindset around how people think about that vulnerability or that male mentality that we have. And what you need to say is, grow up and who gives a shit what people think yeah. and don't be worried about your own um concept or your own thoughts of people like i don't mean your own thoughts but don't be worried about what people think of you 
mm-hmm. worry about what you do for yourself. If you're comfortable in yourself, well, then you can go and speak to someone. And, and unfortunately, some people don't feel like that. And so with this, I, I create, I'm created a community for people where they have to come on to speak. Um, it's twice a week. I do have, I've counter, I've a trained counter, two counselors. I have a psychiatric nurse on the calls at all times. So right. again, there is an outlet for people that if they are triggered by any, if they're really struggling, they are able to speak. And I speak with them. Like, and this is, this is what's great for me. It's given me the outlet to speak to people and, and get stuff off my chest that I want to share. Brilliant, man. And Brilliant, man. so like now fast forward, like six months, it like I couldn't have imagined. Have you told me that this time last year I was I was gonna like obviously after the suicide attempt that I was gonna do all this. I was gonna get through it. I was gonna understand it. Uh, I was gonna set up a group for for mental health and and a peer support group for mental health and help other. And I've started a course about six weeks ago. I started a course in counseling and psychotherapy. So if you'd said that to me last year, I would have told you, fuck off, like, <laughs> sorry, like, jog on, like, yeah, like, not, yeah. no chance is that going to happen. But look, um, I, I've been, I've managed to change things the way, the way things are, are working for me. Um, I'm more happy. I'm content with everything that's going on. And my mind is a lot clearer, um, but it's all because of the coping mechanisms that, and the friends and the support that I, I have in place now. Incredible, Ted. Yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing that story. That is, as I said, it's going to offer a lot of inspiration and hope to a lot of people who are struggling at the moment. A lot of people are unfortunately at are at the point where you were, not just last year, the year before, but you know, for the majority of your life, where you were perhaps ignoring the pain and pushing that pain away. You know, the loss of your father and not having that role model or that father figure in your life. I'm sure that was very, very painful for you. And he's still alive. Yeah. He's still well, alive. He's still very much alive, but he just, unfortunately, it, he, I don't know, he just wanted something. He wasn't, wasn't a, a parent. So, but yeah. uh, that's been, that's putting a nicely, but that's, that's, he didn't want to be a parent. And, but look, that's, that's empowered me. That's helped me to be a better parent. And look, I have one child now and I have another child on the way. So, Right um, I, I, I'm, I'm really moving forward in my own life, and I'm getting my, my stuff together. Like I, I'm, look with, with this podcast and with me sharing my story. I, I want not just males, but everybody, young, old, like male, female, like, and it doesn't matter what race, what religion you are. Like everyone has their own struggles. Mm-hmm. And what I would say to people is, just please, just open up to people. Make, make a phone call to someone. If you know someone that's struggling or if someone says something, says something to you, just give them help. Be there, be a shoulder to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, be an air, air, be a hand to walk them, to guide them. Yeah. And we we all have struggles. We are, Everyone has struggles every day. But some people are better, have the coping mechanisms in yeah. place uh, yeah. to help them with that. And unfortunately, some people don't. So if you find someone that is struggling, try and help them try and, and, and normalize, let's normalize the conversation mm-hmm. around mental health and, and being, and same or struggling and gets, get rid of the stigma of being vulnerable and their own stigma and their own mind that where you're embarrassed more so to say, because you're afraid of what people would think of you. Yeah. And, and this, this is the problem. People find, Oh, I can't say that they're going to look at me like this, or they're going to say this about me. And, and, 
sometimes, yeah, people are, people are going to speak. People are going to talk about you, good, bad, or indifferent. But can you, honestly, when you stand in a mirror and you look at yourself and say, oh, I'm a good person, oh, I'm going to have a good day today. And if someone says, and one of, the, one, of, one of the things that has come up for me, and it's something that someone said in the group, if you had 86,400 euro and someone took a tenner on you, would that would that bother you? Probably not. No? No. It's she have eighty six thousand, you've three hundred and ninety euro left. So why would why would it bother if someone took ten euro? So there's eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in a day. If someone says something to you, something negative that's gonna trigger you, that's ten seconds. Are you gonna let that ten seconds ruin the rest of your day? Mm-hmm. So when you put it into a concept like that and you break it down bit by bit, like that 10 seconds out of those 86,000 seconds mm-hmm. is it, it can be, it become, becomes irrelevant when you, when you use that analogy. Yeah. That's yeah. That's super important. And it's, that is the big struggle at the moment. I feel is that uh, there's a lot of men, like I work predominantly with men and I can speak for a lot of men. I can speak for myself and perhaps, you know, the truth too, that, we're often very critical of ourselves and we're often very judgmental of ourselves in terms of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the strong, capable individual. I'm supposed to be the, the, uh, the, the man here. I'm, I'm not supposed to be weak. I'm not supposed to be vulnerable. And, and like, what, what's wrong with me when I, when I can't, uh, you know, when I can't be happy or what's wrong with me that I have to go drinking every single night or every weekend. And, when you have those uh, difficult times, you're you're judging the the actions instead of trying to understand the reasons for your actions. And perhaps as a process, I've been through that process. Perhaps as a process, you found yourself in terms of, you know, don't just look at the instance, but look at what's causing the instances. Whereas, as I said, sometimes you have to go all the way back, as you as you have done to your childhood. To be able to then move forward in your life again to address those issues from the past the pain from the past to move forward towards a, a life of, of happiness and towards progress and to understand who you are and what you're really about at the end of the day instead of just beating yourself up all the time to the point where you're absolutely crippled and you're getting nowhere in life so i think there's a big thing that uh, a lot of guys do in particular is just um they've got these expectations of, of being the strong capable man that um you know to, to fall short of that is is somewhat of a of a disgrace um you know that it's 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 um it's frowned upon in society it's frowned upon upon your peers it's frowned upon perhaps the role models in your life and uh as i said um it doesn't matter like know your own truth know that you know if you want to become the man you want to be the happier, strong, confident man, then you need to actually tap into the areas of your life and the areas of yourself where you're where you're weak and vulnerable in order to become that complete man. So does that resonate with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, as you said, when it comes to the males in particular, like, and, and it's that male mantra, do you have to be the man, as you said, the man of the house, you can't show any weakness. You can't, you can't show any vulnerability. You have to earn more. And we need to get rid of them stigmas because that's that's gone. Like that doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we need what we need to do as as people, not just male and female, as people, is 
normalize everything and conversations and don't ju- turn your nose up at someone if they say look i'm i'm struggling here and not all this old mantra oh come on let's go for a point but um, particularly with lads do like if, if i know like many people that have you said beforehand right oh, i'm not feeling come on let's go get a point no you, you let's have a conversation let's go get a coffee let's go for a walk let's go and kick some ball let's go and train Let's exercise. Let's re- release good endorphins that to help the he- healthy body, healthy mind, or healthy mind, healthy healthy body, mm-hmm. and and this is what we need to do is have a conversation. It's not going and getting drunk in a pub. It's not going and spending two and three days out on a, at a party. It's being aware of your surroundings, being aware of what's going on, mm-hmm. understanding it, and normalizing it and talking about it. Because when you can talk about it and you can open up about it then you feel more relaxed and the more relaxed you feel, the more happy you become, the better you sleep. And then it, it all entwines in itself. Like, yeah. You know? And then like uh, going, going back to perhaps your darkest days or perhaps to the younger version of yourself, like what nugget of advice would you give that, that, that young adult, that, that young Ted, Ted Furman, who, who was in a bad place for a long time. And as I mentioned, there's a lot of people, a lot of men of Pacific who are at that point in their lives right now, like what is the, if you could go back and talk to them, what would you say? I I think in particular to, to take it back, if I could go back to that night in the Phoenix park, when, when I really, that was the lowest I probably felt before the suicide attempt right then and there, I shouldn't realized I'm in trouble here. I, I'm struggling. Like I, I'd obviously just suppressed any sort of negative feelings that I've had any sort of, any problems that I've had before, I suppressed it and just dealt with it in different ways and and stuff like that. So if I could have go back to that evening, I would say when that happens, go and get help. Go and speak, open up, tell someone, yeah. tell one person. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the piece of advice I would I would tell myself because mm-hmm. the minute I spoke to someone about what the minute I had actually opened up about it, then that's when my problems started to become less and less. Mm-hmm. Like as people say, a problem shared, a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm-hmm. And because you're not dealing with, your, I wasn't dealing with my problems. They were becoming together. They were joining us. So what starts out was a little small problem. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not speaking about it. It builds and builds and builds. Then something else comes out. And then I'm, that's another problem. So that's two problems. Then And they're building together. Mm-hmm. And then you might have something else. And then they're, it, it all it all adds up like and unfortunately something has to give mm-hmm. and for me what gave was my own self-worth unfortunately yeah and and now it's all about building your self-worth building your self-awareness mm-hmm. being aware of, of what's going on within your own mind and, and understanding it and and opening up about it yeah the awareness is key man isn't it it's uh like I've, I've I've made a point of several times to, to the guys I work with this to, to make some time to check in with yourself every single day uh, because again as men we've got these expectations placed upon us we've got our commitments responsibilities we've got kids wives jobs whatever and it's like you're giving your time and energy away to other people and other things all the time and then you've nothing left for yourself and it's like hang on a second have I have I met my needs have I done what I want to do today uh, because if you're not if you're not doing that you're going to just be completely deflated and one problem that maybe you're having is going to accumulate onto the next problem and so on and so forth like you have mentioned so it's like check in with yourself and ask yourself okay am i okay today do i need to take a break here do i need to talk to somebody is there something bothering me 
that comment I read about me two days ago, is that still annoying me? Do I need to talk to someone about that? Do I need to address that issue? So like just that two minutes of checking in with yourself uh, could have a massive, uh, has a massive factor on, on how the rest of the day goes. And it's taking action, yeah, on that no. too. not just not just saying, okay, I'm struggling with this. Ah, fuck it, it'll be all right. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it, man, and uh, it'll sort itself out. No, it won't. As you know, the more you push it away, the more it's going to come back, and and uh, it'll come back stronger, and it'll, it'll be a lot more difficult to to handle and to deal with in the future. As you've experienced as well, like you had that, you had those thoughts in the car that night, and it's amazing that like the next morning you just got up and you go back into work with a smile on your face and it's like holy shit like you've just been through a, a, a almost a suicide attempt and you're back at work the next day and it's just like oh yeah that never happened and get on with life but again you pushed all that away to the point then where you take a an overdose of pills and, and drink and whatever and you, you try it again and and luckily it wasn't successful and you can now tell your story and and perhaps and I hope that with you sharing your story that uh, it, it'll it'll save someone's life. You know, ultimately that's what we want here. And just give them the insight and the inspiration to know that fuck it, you know, like Ted's Ted's been where I am right now and, and look at him now, man. He's he's standing tall, he's moving forward in his life and you know, he's much happier. You know, there perhaps there's hope there for me. Perhaps I need to take this information on board. Perhaps I need to reach out and ask for help and just park my ego and pride to the side again a big thing that guys have is just this ego and pride that just it's an absolute barrier to progress in their lives and it's like that stuff is fucking futile it's, it's not even real so like push that push that aside and let the pain come in and, and and deal with that you know you need to go to the pain to to move past the pain and uh and yeah man ab- absolutely incredible and what's uh yeah, no, I- yeah, go like ahead. another another thing is like I, I, I have bad day. Like people are gonna have bad days. I have bad days, and if those bad days turn into two and three, they they can turn into you can have bad days two or three days, four four days in a row. It's it's understanding that and and it's noticing it and obviously speaking to someone about it. Yeah, and like I I can't sit here and preach and say I I have everything down to a T. I, I absolutely don't. But what I do have in place is is structure and and noticing when when i'm having a bad day mm-hmm. and doing managing to try and do something about it yeah so what i that's making a phone call i have two, like two or three people that will make a phone call to you. and and like like what was do and i organized going for a coffee getting yeah. out trying to do some exercise obviously like most people i'm probably slacking on, on the exercise thing a bit a bit at the minute like but that's that's something I want to get back into. Do you know what I mean? And I'm looking forward to now. Hopefully during the summer, where I'm back able to play football. Yeah. Um, like as I said, there's a lot lot going on. But again, it's it's about managing that. And I think I have everything under control, and I have people there to help me when I ask. Like if I need help with something, I yeah. can ask people there to help me. And I think that's important. Yeah. And as I said, like a lot a lot of males or male um, men are a great um being there for someone else and giving someone else advice. But if you were to stand there and say, to give yourself your own advice, how many people would actually do it? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and that's, that's where you need to, that's where we need to change. Like yeah. we're, we're great at giving advice to people and we're great at, at telling people what we think they should do, mm-hmm. but we won't take our own advice to do that. But well, we've just told someone else. Of course, yeah, yeah. And what are some of those, do you have, 
tools and strategies that you implement on a day-to-day basis to keep yourself on track? Yeah, well, for me, it's music. Sometimes I'd listen to a lot of music, uh, podcasts, again, phone calls. Because because I'm fortunate enough that I am in work, I, I, I do have that structure of from half seven to five, Monday to Friday, I'm in work. Like, But at the same time, if I, I'm feeling down, I make a phone call. Every day I make a phone call to someone, be it whether it's the, um, like obviously my partner gets, we, we speak to each other probably do it 10, 15 times a day. Like, yeah. um, just the nature of it. Like, But even even with her, I, I tell her what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I have two or three lads there. Again, I'll always ring or once a week I try and check in with someone that I haven't spoken to in a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important yeah. because you're able to get stuff off your chest that you mightn't have said to someone else or when you're speaking to them and they, they trigger something, you're like, oh, I actually was feeling like that Derek with Luis go. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you're, it helps you when you, when, you, when you speak to someone that you haven't spoken to in a while mm-hmm. or when you speak to a friend every single day, you, you, it's great. Like, and you can, yeah. They open up to you, you open up to them. And I, and I think the important thing is just to be honest with yourself. And like I, I've started doing journaling now as well. Um, so I do a bit of journaling, some mindfulness, like so that's that's really important. Like and, and obviously um meditation. Meditation as well. Yeah. yeah. Tools, man. And then you've gone back to the football since as well. And what's what's it been like now that your story's kind of out there, what has the reaction been like with what the rest of the guys and the team? Uh, well, initially, uh, when I went back last last summer, uh, there was only the only thing that I came out was a, a post on my Instagram that I put up. So the story in 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 the, it was actually in the Star, and when I went online, that hadn't come out yet. Um, so when when that came out, the support has been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of people that have reached out and, and said like, "Oh, gee, I didn't know." And look. Yeah, everyone is it's great at hiding it. People can hide it. Like let's like when you're when you're when you're trying to hide something like that, you you will do it. Like yeah. If if you want to put an act on, and that's what people do, you put an act on. So but when when I done the article, I, I let put I put everything out. I showed my, my vulnerability. I showed I wanted people to understand how, how bad I felt and I want people to understand that look, I, I, I've been through this, I've done it, and I, I'm coming out the other side. Mm-hmm. So, as I said about hitting rock bottom, I had at the very beginning. So now a year in, I would say I'm probably two or three layers up, and I still like. I never want to reach the top because when I get if you reach if you, if people say oh I'm perfect that's it, there's something go there's something wrong there now if if everyone is perfect and they don't have any issues whatsoever. That's so right. yeah. there's there's yeah. always there's there's always layers to build on. There's always ways to that people can learn and, and look for me it's i'm learning now by going back to college and studying to be a counselor mm-hmm. and so we can um, professionally help others yeah that's huge man it's you've used that uh you've used your moments of weakness and and turned it into strength like in, and you've taken a lot of strength from your experiences and uh yeah that's that's one thing as well like a lot of people are there's a lot of misconceptions with with certain people in instagram and and a lot of a lot of men looking up to to, to these other men who have the six pack abs and fucking great life and think that this guy is all this shit together and look at my life, I'm pathetic. And ultimately in life, you never have all your shit together. Life is simply a matter of trying to manage your shit every single fucking day. And it's having, having the strategies and tools in place to be able to do that. 
And uh, I think that was all about, as, as you've mentioned, like you still have your bad days. I still have my bad days. But now we've got the awareness, we've got the tools and strategies to be able to just deal with the issue at hand and, and move forward beyond that point. And that's uh, what I do with my guys is what you do with your group, I'm sure as well, is to just tackle the issue. And, and by addressing it, you can understand it and accept it and, and, and move forward from that point. So, yeah. Is there anything you want to close on here before we wrap it up? Uh, I think for me, again, I just want to thank my, my friends and family again for, for supporting me and, and being there to support me. Uh, I wouldn't be here without them and I wouldn't have the tools in place if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing without them. Also, my job, Clondalk and Village Providers, they, again, as I said, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, when, even when I was struggling that they didn't I, as I said I should have lost my job but they haven't and since everything's come out they've really really supported me and really helped me move forward and even with, with the group they sponsor um, my group which is called Ted's Open Mic again it, it's um, I've tried to create a, a safe space for people that they feel comfortable to, to be able to open up and share and know that there's no judgement no matter what they say everyone is going through the same thing and no one's going to laugh or, or make jokes at them. No, again, we, we're creating that community. So we're, I'm getting to know people a lot more. So mm-hmm. we're able to have that bit of banter with people. But again, it is that safe space for people. Mm-hmm. As I said, just train professionals on the calls at all times. And people, if people want to join, they can find me on Instagram under Ted's Open Mic. Um, they can find me on Twitter, which is just my, my handle, Ted Foreman. And if, if people aren't on social media or whatever, they can email tedsopenmike at gmail.com and they can send me some information and I can add them to the list then as well. Like I, with the group, it, as I said, it's on twice a week and I do have, have guest speakers on the calls. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but again, guest speakers to try and highlight um, people that professionals go through struggles too. Like I've had the likes of Bernard Dunn, I've had Rory Stories, uh, people who are in 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 tune with their mental health and under have understand and have the awareness around it mm. and to listen to understand some of these people Shane Carty is another one again absolutely fantastic and they've really helped a lot of people and with this group it is really helping a lot of people and mm. look hopefully in the future we can we can be able to do one in person but again if, if people want to find me as I said it's it's Ted's open mic excellent Ted man this has been absolutely epic thank you so much for coming on to the episode and as I said, you've inspired and empowered many people to move forward in their lives today. So thank you for that. Go check him out, everyone. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon, Ted. Thanks very much, Gavin. Pleasure. All right.